everybody. Welcome to another episode of Paranormal Pursuit Podcast. Today we're going to discuss psychics, mediumship, channeling. If you can do it, if so, how? And today we have with us Robert and Sandy and Angelique and Amaya. So I know a lot of us uh, wonder, you know, how do you talk to spirits or ghosts or ETs? I know that I've had uh, experiences where I've been with friends and sometimes their loved ones will come around me and, and I know it's them. They'll, they'll tell me something that there's no way that I could know it. But I don't have the gifts, um, I, I guess, uh, just like, like that at the drop of a hat. Perhaps it's because I'm afraid to or I don't know what I could possibly be bringing in. And we know Robert is our skeptic. I know has plenty of our, our um, pleasant skeptic <laughs> has uh, lots of questions for Sandy and Angelique who do this on a full time basis and are very tuned in. I guess um, and either Sandy or Angelique, you guys can take turns picking this one up because uh, what is the difference between a psychic and a medium and channeling? Are they all the same thing? Sandy, do you want to start? Sure, yeah. So, you know, not all psychics are mediums. Not there's, There is a distinguishing factor in the gift. Um, and but, but all mediums do have psychic capability. So there's somewhat of a hierarchy to this gift. And uh, you really it kind of starts with an ability to, out of awareness, an ability to recognize that we have capability beyond our five senses. Um, psychics, the big difference between psychic and medium, psychic is really clairvoyant. Um, they're able to really predict or see into future. And a medium has the capability to communicate with souls, souls who have crossed, even live souls through a telepathic channel. Oh, so psychic can see into the future, but isn't that ever changing? Sure, the future is always changing, <laughs> but so is the psychic sees. <laughs> what, the psych what the psychic sees will be correlative to changes in contract and what happens for people changes in the future, yes. So Angelique, which... One of the Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Because Sandy, I know you do all threes. Angelique, do you do all three as well? I do all three. So then, what's channeling? Was well, a combination of all of the. It's that communication. I mean, we're always somewhat channeling it, if you want to call it that, from the spirit. We're channeling. We're bringing through that vibration, that information. So channeling can be. There's different forms of channeling too. So you can be a f out of body channel. So it means you sort of, that you have somebody assist you and you kind of go unconscious. You look limp, you look dead. And then you, you impart the information, you come back. And that actually takes quite a toll on the body. Um, you know, they usually, people need at least half hour, an hour. And, and I, I think over time it actually does something physically it weakens the body doing it that way. And then you have another type of channeling, which is more writing where you're just getting the information as a psychic. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. Okay, so I've had instances where, like I said, like somebody's loved one will come around me and they'll be like, you gotta tell them this, you gotta tell them this. And so I'll relay it. And then sometimes they'll really start coming through and I won't remember what I told that person shortly afterwards, or 
sometimes right away I will, but a little while later I won't. So was I channeling? Was I being channeling. psychic? Was I being a medium? <laughs> Well, not, not necessarily, because um, you know, there you could it, you could be falling into all those categories. One of the things that I that um, you know I've been doing this for a long time. I know you know that, and you know, whenever I complete a session with somebody, I have no memory of what I channeled for them and delivered and imparted for them, and that's truly done for one of two reasons. Um, first and foremost, because as Angelique was saying. It can be very draining on us physically to hold certain levels of energy. And so what spirit does is they will remove the energy of what was delivered. So it's not taxing our own energy. Mm -hmm. And secondly, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like it's your social security number. It's like, you know, spiritual social security. It's like an Akashic record. You don't want to give it, it up doesn't to belong to you. <laughs> Right, it doesn't, it doesn't well, it should be out there, right? It doesn't belong to me. Yeah, it's taken from me. When I work with, if I work with that same client again, spirit will allow me to have memory of things that were delivered in order to assist right. the person again. So with that, so it, it's kind of interesting how it works. So telepathic communication is that part of it? That that's yeah. a gift that we all have. And, and it, it's, it, we all have it, we're all able to do it. Um, tele, telepathic communication is part of, I mean, it's part of the clairs, you know, there's clairvoyant, clairsentient. I mean, there's different ways that we receive information from spirit or other souls. And telepathy is, is one of those. And it's, so it, it comes in a thought form and it's masked, uh, very, very similar to it masks the thoughts, our own thoughts. So we spirit eventually will teach us how to discern the difference between a telepathic message, which is a thought, versus our own thought. When well said. I know we're talking about spirits right now, but would the same gift apply to living beings? We all are yes. capable of being telepathic. We every single one of us. Yes, absolutely. Every soul, your it's innate. Just like, you know, it's for certain in. animals, it's innate right. to start swimming when they hit water. Same thing for us. This is innate for us. Again, what prevents it is our own fears and doubt and our blocks thinking we only know this. If I can't see it, touch it, feel it, hear it, it doesn't exist. Well, sometimes you think you're going crazy. You're like, is this my thought or is this somebody else's <laughs> thought? And sometimes I can't tell. Like, I'm like, did I just make that up? But then there'll be confirmation. And I do think that sometimes it is your own thought. You have to sometimes distinguish. Once you get into that mode, the way that you guys are in, the way that you guys are able to achieve, I'm sure you could tell the difference. But I know for me, like a lot of times I can't, I'm not sure who, like, you know, I'm not sure if it's actually somebody telling me to tell this person something or, or I'm just going crazy in my, in my head. <laughs> which is both possible. So this, you know, this is a skill, and, and with practice, one does become more um, ep at it. And, and, you know, again, a piece of what you're saying, Maya, a piece of it is to, you reference, your, your own doubt comes into play. Like you said, well, mm -hmm. I don't know, is it my voice? Is right. it that? And so, you know, when you begin to, to engage in practice and build up the strength in your belief in the gift, it becomes more readily for you to know, oh, absolutely, that was telepathic, that wasn't me. But spirit will train you and they will work with you and teach you to discern. They right. teach you to know the difference. It'll feel different. It feels different. Yeah. Even the, it does. It feels even the rhythm, the 
the spontaneity, the energy, it, it's, it's just a, it's a different feeling. And, and, I, and, I, and I do understand that because when I'm in that mode, I can definitely tell the difference. However, you know, and I think a lot of times, um, like I, I know that where I think it was Angelique, you were telling a story um, about that there was some lady that wanted you to tell her you were in uh, the DMV or someplace the other day, right? And there was some lady that wanted you to tell her daughter something. I remember you were telling us. Um, oh, that yeah, no, I was at the bank and then I went, I was standing in line at the teller and, and spirit comes, which it doesn't normally do that and say, go talk to someone. And I, you know, to me, it's like, you ask permission anyway. And I was like, no. And I'm saying, well, what's this about? I'm saying to this, to these guides. And I was like, and, and they're like, no, no, go, go talk to that, that woman over there. And so I get, I get called to her window, which was okay. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, um, I have a message for you if you'd like to hear it. I know that sounds really weird. <laughs> and this baby came through and she said, tell mom I love her and today's my birthday and I'm okay and I'm really in a good place. And I mean, the deliver, I mean, she was A in shock, such relief, she started crying and then she started smiling and she said, I got up this morning for the last day, I've been asking like wherever my little baby is, if she can bring me a sign. And it came and it, so it was interesting because it gave her confirmation on many levels that she can commute, you know, communicate. That's what a guy said, you can communicate too. Like you can talk and continue that. And it brought relief. And I think really just kind of opened her up even more that that door to there are other things that are far more possible and you know with practice i can create my own communication so yeah now how often does this happen to you that just you're going about your business every day and shopping and walking around really very rarely i i have very clear boundaries so when i'm working i work um but as far as spirit saying, oh, go tell, give this person a message or not, um, that doesn't happen very often. I was standing outside on Fifth Avenue on 55th Street one day, and there's a church on the right side, on the opposite, like uh, the peninsula. What are you talking about? And we'd had a massive snowstorm. And some guy had asked me what the time was. This was and so I told him the time. And as I did, it had been snowing. And... I didn't know this person from anywhere. And I literally, I said, sorry. And I grabbed him by the shoulders and I moved him. And as I did, this chunk off the top of the spire of the church came, it was like this giant point. Mm -hmm. It would have it would have gone straight through his skull. What was it? What, was it a homeless person only? Cause like, I know they always sleep there at no, night. He was nicely dressed. It was in the middle of the afternoon. Oh, he was going to work and he was like, do you have the time? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, time to move. Like, <laughs> so I'll get it if there's something like that where I can intervene or supposed to intervene to but beyond and that happens really. So So each when I work I work. So I mean uh Sandy maybe you want to go first and then Angelique and then Robert you could say what experience if you experiences you've had but uh at what age did you first know that you have this ability and what did you do about it like 
because you know some parents will think their kids are crazy we could talk about that later um depending on what age you are i mean i guess when you're really young it's it feels natural but uh, like how did you first know that you had these abilities well yeah for me i mean as far back as i can remember i was always i was never alone i was always in communication um but i think you know as a child i thought whom and what I was seeing was what everybody else was seeing until, you know, my parents, like you said, my parents started to get involved and, and tell me that I should not repeat in public, um, that I was seeing someone and, you know, things like that. And so it, it really did put a damper right. on the gift for me. And at a certain age, I, I think um, because of that and because of the negativity I've received in their innocence, um, I, I kind of shut it down, but it came knocking and looking for me later on. And I mean, literally knocking. Um, so, you know, the answer is, I mean, I've, I've always known, I've always known that I've been this way. Um, I was able to uh, communicate with all sorts of different types of beings that would come and introduce themselves to me and, and you know, children, adults, all, all types of beings. Um, Similar to the story that Angelique was saying, um, one of my best friends today happens to be someone who, as Angelique said, you know, we're really supposed to ask permission. And even though, and I think Robert, it was an answer to what you asked me before, you know, I, I'm in reception all the time while I'm awake, while I'm sleeping. So it's, it's, it's almost like I'm split in two. There's the conscious me and then there's the me that's constantly in a portal of receiving. Um, you know, I, I will choose and I will talk to the other side and say, well, you know, not right now. You have to come back later. Right now I'm busy doing this. Um, but it's constant reception. And so similar to what Angelique was saying, a really interesting experience and, and I made this wonderful friendship out of this. I would be going to the gym and this this was for a couple of weeks in a row. And and this woman kept talking to me and saying she wanted me to speak to one of the people that worked at the gym who who I really didn't know other than seeing them there. And she was to the point where she was hounding me. I'm in the locker room, I'm in the shower. I'm, and finally I said, okay, fine. And, you know, like, okay, fine, talking to them. So I approached um, this person who I really had no idea who they were. And I said, you know, first I started with, so do you believe in psychics? <laughs> and, you know, kind of belted out a little bit. That, so do you believe in mediums? And, and so she was, you know, yeah, I, I do believe. And I said, well, your grandmother's here. And I said, she wants to talk to you and she's been bothering me for weeks and I hope that's okay with you. Normally I don't do this because it's really not the norm. What you see on TV is not really how this goes. Right. And right. so, you know, I approached her and, and I just went on and on and on and on. And grandma was speaking to me in Italian, which happens to be a language I do speak. <laughs> so I was translating into English for this person who is now, we've, we're like the best of friends. It was really kind of interesting um, how that all happened you know but for the most part like this has been my whole life this is it's norm for me and and i'm sure angelique feels exactly the same way this is who we are is what we do correct so how did yeah, you, how did you first believe. know when i was really little too when i was really little and i i don't know like sandy said it was just sort of second nature and then you see things and you start talking and I was lucky in the sense that, you know, my mother was kind of open. So that, that 
and I was in a very small school, although I never, I was, you know, I was told never talk about it in school. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just always, always there. And then I would hear things or see things or hear people's voice. You know, I would hear the sentence before they answered. Mm -hmm. Then I, you know, and then you see somebody, you know, like my grandfather and telepathically, that was very easy for me. Um, you know, I think that we go through adolescence. It was still very strong with me in adolescence, but I would get hits about really bad things that would happen mm. for things and people and events. And like, and in that time, London was, IRA was prevalent. So I would get these really big hits or when I'm standing in a place and we all had to run out. And literally I got to the elevator and took my mother and a bunch of people and it exploded. And so to me, it was like, okay, so then it, there's all of these things going on simultaneously. Why does that information come at a, at a point of emergency per se? And how can I do that and really do it for good and bring really positive information? And then, and it was like, okay, I was like, otherwise I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. If you can't bring something that, yeah, then yeah. how is it, yeah. how is, how, how can we control this? And that's kind of where my guides then really stepped in and really started kind of putting me through school. And I would think you would have to man. ask, you know, that you have to ask. And you right. See. So it's like, well, how do I, you know, how does this, how does, how are the mechanics of this? So as paranormal investigators, Robert and I have done investigations where we'll get EVPs, but they won't always be in English. So, and Sandy, you had mentioned the Italian, that thankfully you speak it, but what do you guys do if, if you're doing a reading and the person is speaking a language that you have no idea what it is? Does it translate during telecommunication? It does. Yes. Yes. It does perfectly. And, and, and you can ask for translation literally yeah. as well. Right. That's good. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, well, yeah. pork what? Right. <laughs> you hear the translation or do you see the translation? back in the day i would write so i i would i did this whole thing in aramaic and i had no i, I never studied aramaic or wrote aramaic or had any i never did it since but that was for my guides to show me that if i got out of my own way what i was hearing the way i was writing was actually grammatically perfect and that was just to let me know that what i knew because i would say well how do i know to build, it to, to build your confidence yeah <laughs> Right. Yeah. How do I know that this is? It could be mumbo jumbo, and they're like, yeah, yeah. "Okay, like smart ass," you know. Well, <laughs> we're very insecure as humans. I think in gen general, right. you know, we we always want proof, and then when they give us proof, we want more proof. Hopefully, no, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> I I once went on an investigation. It was a place called Raynham Hall in Westchester, and the woman who was letting us, she was the curator of the place. It's like a museum, and she was telling us the stories of its, of its hauntings, which sounded like residual hauntings more than actual ghosts. But as we were talking and we had the tape recorders on, uh, she asked, if someone is mischievous in life, would they be mischievous as a spirit? Oh, and the <laughs> was saying, yeah, they have the same personality. If they're mean, if they have a mean streak, they might come off mean, whatever. If they're foreign, um, they would, you would hear their, you might hear their accents or whatever. So after about 20 minutes, the tape ran out. We start playing it back to see if we get any EVPs. 
this conversation starts and we hear ourselves talking. And as we're talking, an EVP comes in loud and clear going, Scatafachia! <laughs> crap face. <laughs> and, you know, I, I always have, but who the hell is on the deck right now teasing us and saying, yeah, I'm foreign, bunch of, uh, you know, crap faces. <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah. Uh, just interesting how the way you were saying it about that they do maintain, they are the same people almost, I guess. Uh, in, in the other realm. So, right, but it, it, it's like okay. if you're dreaming and you see something like that, or if it's a foreign language written, if you're cognizant enough in your sleep, you can say, hey, what is that in English? Mm -hmm. And you'll get the, you'll get the, you know, you'll get the translation. The, the auto, the, the auto diction. There's also, you know, different methods of, of communication. Now, when, when I was asking before, when, if you're not doing a consultation or however you call it with a client and you're in, in an everyday conversation and suddenly you're getting um, someone coming through, let's say, does it happen like right now in a conversation over, over the phone like we're doing or can it happen? I guess it does happen over the phone. Um, I was just curious because having met you ladies recently, I was always thinking, if I'm constantly surrounded, and sometimes I think I might be by, you know, relatives, I had a lot of um, relatives go in the past couple of years, and, and, and I keep going back to the story of Maya out of nowhere coming out with my aunt and be, being pretty accurate, calling my, my godmother. While I'm talking right now, do you, do you sense anything? Do you pick up anything? Or is that something that just doesn't come in or, uh, so quickly and automatically? No, no, for me, I, I, it's almost like I see it and then I kind of block it. I just want my focus to be with you. So it's almost like you're my main focus and that's what I'm focusing on. But then behind in the wings, there's all this other stuff and it's, it's just there. And I, you don't, it's almost like pulling the blinds down. Right. right. Like if you're doing a reading for somebody um, and let's say that, they really want their aunt to come through, hypothetically. Um, how, how does it work? Like, who comes through? Is there a um, some kind of a priority list, or is there like the bully in the group that wants to come through? And can you be like, uh, uh, you step aside. We want to talk to to, to Auntie M. Or I mean, how does that work? Actually, <laughs> Auntie M. There's no place there's like. There's a couple home. of factors. There's a couple of factors that go into that, and you know. Basically, what I tell people is, you know, I I can't just call anybody. I don't I don't determine who's coming through. The other side determines who's coming through. Um, we can ask and and you know uh, ask to initiate that his soul come through. But if it's if they are not in a place where they have enough energy to come through, then they won't be able to. If they're in those layers where they're ascending on the other side and they're quote unquote busy or working, they might not be able to come through. So a lot of factors. Right. Also the person that you're reading for, if they're heavily griefed, and I mean heavily griefed, that energy is very dense and can prevent and, and cause difficulty for the reader to actually have um, this ladder to communicate with the other side. So there's so many factors that go into it, uh, but primarily we do not decide who comes through, the other side does. It, it's, you know, we're not in control of that. We are in control of whether or not we want to, you know, allow messages to come in, 
but we don't control who comes through. Yeah, because if I'm doing a reading, I want to say who I, 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 well, anytime I've done readings, I've always put my guides in charge. I'm like, you guys know what I need to know. Right. And so you let through who you know needs to come through. And anybody else just wants to chit chat, tell them to come to me later or the next day. Or <laughs> <laughs> We only have an hour. Or we only no have, have you know. Yeah, exactly. No small talk. <laughs> Um, you know what, but I always tell people, you know, when we send out confirmation, if they're coming for a session, there's a couple of things that really help. If they are putting energy into manifesting, intenting, you know, what, what things they would like to know, um, whom they would really like to, to communicate with, that energy that they're putting into that does help. You know, I also tell people before they come to me, you know, please don't do any alcohol, no mm -hmm. recreational drugs, mm -hmm. you need to be in a clear right. space. Um, there's certain things that actually help and will assist in having a more pure um, and literally, you know, channeled reading for individuals. There's things people can do to really kind of make that happen, yeah. Yeah, I was once with a, a, a fairly well-known psychic, and I was doing a story on him, actually. And I was surprised how open he was. And, I, um, and he actually did a reading for me with a photographer in the room. And I, I was very impressed by what he came up with. I mean, I really was. Uh, I think I've mentioned this in, in, another, in another podcast. But, um, uh, you know, if, if he had told me that my, that my grandmother was in the same room, I would have believed it. Let's put it this way. If my grandmother were alive and sitting in the room and talking through him the way he was saying as, as a medium, uh, it gives you pause to think, wow, this is really something. Because there were so many things that she, was, that she was supposedly saying that were true. And she was talking mostly about my cousin, who was her favorite, who I hadn't seen in maybe 10, 15 years. And then when I called him up out of the blue to confirm some of these details, all the way down from where he was living, in Miami, that he was having problems with a female boss, the whole thing. She said, uh, he said, yes, these are all these are all true things. And so I really, really have to give good consideration that he was actually doing this. But what, what struck me was that he said it doesn't always come in clearly. You might see an initial, you might see, hear a, a voice with a snippet like an EVP. He's saying it's almost like a radio with static and you're trying to get the trying to tune into the right frequency. Does that happen to, to you or is it more to, to both of you? Well, Robert, really, really fast before they answer that, right sure. before you started saying that, I was thinking to myself and I was going to say to you, so Robert, have you ever had a reading? Because I didn't know <laughs> if you ever did or not. And then I looked at you and you just started saying that story. I must have... <laughs> You must uh, be psychic. So how does so, it you come? Know, I'll, I'll jump on that one. Mm -hmm. uh, it, uh, there's, you know, we there's there's universal symbols and there's universal language that they use that that all of us, you know, would all, a lot of readers know. Oh, if I see this, it means this. I mean, it comes through sometimes like it's a movie screen. Sometimes it comes in and there's symbols. So, so it it really is a lot of interpretation. And yes, similar to what he was saying, it, it is like really tuning into the right frequency. Some of the souls that are trying to come through, again, as stated before, can't come through 
as strongly. So the way they're giving messages, you know, whether they're, they're sometimes they, they let me feel their emotion. Sometimes I actually, I feel if it's, they're trying to tell me what the cause of death was, how they died. Like they, I feel it. Like I feel like I'm having a heart attack. I mean, you know, that's the unpleasant part of all of this. So there's many ways that they get their point across, so to speak. But then there are times too where it's not as clear and it's not as detailed and you really have to work with them and try to do a lot of interpretation. Um, it all depends on the soul who's coming through again and what they're able to offer and what they're able to give, how much energy they have to expend. I think I think they give you signs too because uh, here's something crazy that just happened to me. So as you guys know, like my son just recently got married. He converted to Judaism. So, and I asked any Jewish friend that I have, and like nobody's really even been to my, my place in, in a long time. Uh, my son's uh, wife now, but she doesn't carry shekels with her. That's what it is. So. It, it, at by my front door, and I'm I, I notice um, things because one, it's like right where my bathroom is. So like if I'm peeing or whatever, right the bathroom door is open. Like I'm always staring right there. In the front of my door, on the inside, there was a like a gold coin shoved in the corner. So I pick it up and it's an Israeli coin. So I show it to my son's wife. She goes, "That's a shekel. It's like a quarter in in, in what would be considered a quarter for us." Like, how did that get there? And it's really coin. It was not there the day before, and nobody had been at my house. Now, now Kwan Yin's holding it. <laughs> but like, yeah. and, and I was laughing at all my just friends. I'm, I'm, I'm like, that's them telling me, welcome to the tribe, because, you right. know, it's like, thank you. <laughs> but I think, like, you know, it's easy for them. It's easy for them to, one of the things they could do, the easiest thing for them to do, because it's electricity and TV on and off, phone ringing. You know, then this another step beyond that takes yeah. a little bit more energy. They can actually move things. They put, so Those Robert, things. before you. I mean, I think that was one of my future grandkids or somebody that was saying to me, like, it's supposed to be a sign of good luck too, like good fortune mm-hmm. to come. You know, and that was definitely somebody on that side saying welcome and. You know, it was touching. And I asked every single person I can think of, like, who? Like, nobody carries that on them. It's not, it's, and, and, and it, it, it couldn't have just fallen out of a pocket because it was literally, like, in the corner, in the very little corner of right, right in my front door, right, like, on the inside, right in that corner. It was just, and, and it was. where I knew you'd find it. Oh, yeah, well, they put it where I could find it because... Like I said, like when I, when I if I'm in the bathroom, if I'm sitting, I'm hotty, well, the door's open and I can see directly right there. So yes, they definitely put it where I, and a, a place that not only I could find it, a place that I'm always looking that I would notice that it was not there the day before. And it was bizarre. <laughs> I mean, um, they like to play tricks on us too. They like to, like Robert was talking before about personalities. So I have, you know, by the way, we have, we all have more than one guide and throughout our lifetimes, the guides change. Some come in and they've done what they had to do and they leave and you get a new guide. But my guides, my primary guides are, um, they, they tend to have a similar personality to me. So they like to joke, they like to tease. They're constantly moving things on me. I'm like, I know I left my glasses there. I'm like, okay guys, where did you go? Come on, don't do this. What's going on? They hide my keys. I I don't. I have this like obsession. I hate losing things, so I'm I'm very OCD. I know where everything is, and they'll constantly hide things on me. And and they'll say, they'll they laugh, they joke with you. They'll, yep, we did it. Here's a hint. Go look. <laughs> I mean, that they really do come through like that. It's their personality. This is this is what I, I think we went through this uh, uh, in one of our earlier things too. 
so just to play devil's advocate now, you know, how how are they able to take a coin, a, an Israeli shekel, not just a coin? Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, is it, you know, you have to have that. Not many people walk around with these things and then be able to pick it up, place it, or have it materialize. That's where, that's where my question is, basically. How does that happen? Because there's miracles. And they, when they want something to happen, it happens. When it's meant to be, it's orchestrated. And it's just miraculous. I'm going with E.T. Because they have that kind of technology. They can beam it there. They can... But it's also like in India, I mean, they, you have, um, you know, the gurus and certain things and there's been, you know, thousands of years where, you know, they can produce the booty, that dust out of that, you know, they just do that with their hands. So it's really basically spirit really knows how to manifest and work on those other planes. It's really all energy. It's all connected. It's all sound and light. And you know, when they're adept, they're very good at dropping a feather or throwing a... Sh if it had been a regular quarter, you wouldn't have paid so much attention. No, I, no, not at all. So it had to be something sort of very, you know, out there to catch your attention. And symbolic. Although, exactly, it's got to be symbolic. So, you know, I think when when we need to get a, a, a sign or receive one or be given one, spirit's very adept in, uh, in showing... Right. Now, I, I told you this, this story before, and I, I think it, it's the one that didn't go through uh, that right, episode. Right. Mm -hmm. I was in an Irish bar with my buddies, boyhood buddies. Uh, one of our friends died a long time ago. He was about 30. And we started talking about him. And at that moment, the song American Pie comes on the jukebox, if you remember me telling you this. And we were joking, oh, you know, Tommy's listening to us. Tommy's trying to say something. And as we're talking about him, and someone probably said a funny thing about his life, about his real character. Um, his mother and his sister happened to be eating in the same restaurant. I hadn't seen them in years. And they came over to say hello. And it was almost like, it felt like he, were, he was there bringing us together. And my question was, okay, let's say that he was doing this and, and sort of manipulating the way his loved ones and his old friends were, were meeting and talking about him and remembering him, which was a sweet thing. But then how the hell did he manipulate the jukebox? Did he put an, uh, an Israeli shekel in there to, <laughs> you know, to play, to play his favorite song that we all knew and he'd get a few in them and he'd start singing it? You know? That's I, don't think he, I don't think he manipulated the situation to get you together, though. I think you synchronistically all came together because you were supposed and, and to come together. And when he saw that, he came, it was like, oh, it's party time. And then played with the ju jukebox. And they could probably they can, chirp into your no ear silently. Than, right, and no different than turning a light switch on, they could mess with the jukebox. The electronic stuff is very easy for spirit. Because they feed off Excuse the energy. Me. Like, if we, Robert, you know when we right. do paranormal investigations, you go through batteries like that. I mean, yeah. a battery that lasts 12 hours lasts an hour when you have a lot of activity. They yeah. feed off of it. It makes them stronger. With the batteries. Now I feel all tingly. <laughs> strong personality. And this one psychic that I told you about was very well known. Actually, actually, I'm pretty sure brought him in to the room as well and was saying that he is very busy in the afterlife doing work for other people and trying to help other people, especially children. Uh, so, you know, it was... He, they he, they he, good job. It's a nice, they're, they're assigned jobs. 
I'm sorry. So sorry. When so when we cross over, when a soul crosses yeah. over, it's not boom, we're dead and we're in heaven. That's not how it works. They have to go through these levels. And and spirit, we're we're assigned jobs while we're on the other side. We're, we're, if you think you're retiring and your work is done, it's not. That. When you die, <laughs> you want to put that out there. Well, that's why I think so of that, heaven yes, as club med. Like, have to work. I think of heaven as like a club med. You go there for a little while, recoup, and then get back to work. <laughs> Now, have you guys ever had somebody that you would not do a reading for? Let's say that you just had such a bad feeling and you were like, I don't want to touch this uh-huh. energy. I don't want to. Yes. And really? I just say, I'm sorry, I'm busy. I'm booked at the moment. And why would that be? Because you just. It only happened twice in my life. But I think it's just choice. You know, we get a presented an opportunity and it's like, do you want or do you not? And it's like, I. It's not whether I want or I don't want or I don't like. It's, I think there would be somebody else that would serve you better than the way I could. How about you, Sandy? Um, No, I've never had that situation. Um, I I have, because I, as Angelica is saying, and let me frame it differently. There are choices that we make, and I have made choices to uh, work with clients, uh, to have sessions with clients that I knew had entities or attachments, and I still chose, I made the choice to still work with that individual. Um, but again, as you're saying, Angelique, it is a choice, you're right about that. But I've, I've pretty much, I don't, from what I can recall, I don't think I've actually said no to working with anybody specifically. And and I've worked with people that had some pretty work with some people, some really strong possession and stuff. And I, I I'm fine with that. But it was just just very specific individuals, probably a decade in between. Um, mm-hmm. But generally, you know, I mean, I I love my clients. I got great clients. So blessed. So so what so, so um, what should people do if they one want to develop their uh, their innate gifts or two. Um, if they are getting a message and they're just not sure if it's them or if it's, um, I mean, I know you can ask for confirmation, but um, like, 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 what are some tricks of the trade? <laughs> I mean, you know, there, well, two different questions there. So um, one, uh, first of all, meditation, going into a meditative state, being in an altered state of consciousness is, is essential in this realm to really, you know, as Angelique was saying, when she was saying before, she was using, you know, her hands, she was just saying, well, when I'm here, I'm right here, I'm focused here, you know, and the rest is here. And you, you really have to put yourself in those states, in that meditative state where you're opening the portal, allowing the information to come through. Um, to There are divinational tools. There are, there are things we want to practice, you know, like when, before we had caller ID, the phone would ring. So before you go to pick it up, Go within and see if you can figure out who's on the other end. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times are you, are you thinking about a friend? Next thing you know, they call you. there's an email from you. Yeah. Like, those are all, that's spirit's way of, of going hello and helping you validate and have the confidence and the belief so you don't doubt what you're receiving. You know, there, there's, there's you know, pendulums. There are, there are tarot cards. There are many things you can use as tools, but it's practice, practice, practice. And most importantly, answer to the second question, don't go to self-doubt first. I always teach my students, receive, believe, deliver. Because when you take that extra step and you stop doubting yourself, boom, you just look what you well, receive. Right, because you're getting in the way of, of your personality and your mind 
physical vehicle is getting in the way of that. Now, before you, you had said, uh, Sandy had said that there are psychics and there are mediums, but not all psychics are mediums. So when you're talking about developing your own, your own gift, can you, it doesn't have to be mediumship. It doesn't have to be uh, communicating with, with the afterlife. Can it be just developing your own intuition, your own telepathy, your own, uh, I don't know, way of, of picking up cues? Do you see what I mean? Or does it always have to be that spirits are involved? I, I think, go on, do you want to answer Andy, Sandy? No, it's okay, go ahead, go ahead. I think to some degree, yes. Maybe it, because there has to be, there's a feedback, there is a reflection coming back. So at some point, call it a spirit, call it a subconscious thought or a lucid dream, it will, whatever that is, is there to serve you, to show you. And so the more we practice, the more we do it, the less we need the validation, the less you need the validation, the clearer things become. So I think in one way or another, you will connect to spirit in a particular way. But if that's not, you know, you've got psychics that don't do mediumship, they'll get messages occasionally for somebody that they're reading with, but that's not their main, that's not their main thing. And, but I think we all sort of touch on that. I don't think that one can avoid it actually in that growth process and that knowledge and that learning is knowing that there is something on the other side or, you know, through the veil. And that can come in many different forms. And that will, like Sandy said before, it'll validate, it helps validate. Whether we want to continue to explore that method, what works for us methodology, that's a whole other thing. You know, I do a lot of, you know, clearing out haunted houses for people so that they can sell their property or sleep better and stuff like that. Um, there are people that have hauntings and they don't mind living with their hauntings. Um, I enjoy doing it. It's very easy for me. But there's a lot of psychics that don't want to go do that. And, you know, Maya and I, we had a lot of fun, you know, going going on location and doing that thing. To me, it doesn't tire me. But there's other people who are psychics and mediums and they wouldn't they wouldn't go and do that. So I think it's personal preference of how we... You know what? How we enjoy our profession, really. Mm -hmm. I'll give. I, I mean, I agree with that, and I, and I think you know. Um, so th this is you know this is the journey of the soul, and and it's a spiritual journey. And when anyone starts opening up to understanding, and and you hear me say this all the time, beyond five senses. So whatever you start working on, are you working on, you know, empathic gift or clairaudience or clairvoyance, eventually as you continue to progress in the gift, you, you will choose, you will choose. Do, do I want to really engage in, in being a psychic? You know, do, do I want to go into medical intuition? And I think that's where the choice comes in, but there, it's always a progression of spirituality. And it all comes back to, you know, this, this is what, it's almost like once you open the door, you know, there's no turning back, but you decide how far you want to go and how many how many doors you want to open on the journey. And and like, like what Angelique is saying, you know, there's, you know, her and I have a lot of similarities. I, I'm like, come on, bring it on to the entities. I, I'm going to kick your butt. Let's go. 
and I know Maya knows. Yeah, <laughs> now, now, now I'm there. Right. Right. <laughs> I like that, you know, but that's what I like. Um, do I like regular psychic readings? You know, I'm kind of, I'll do it, but you know, that's not as exciting for me. You know, do I, do I love, you know, the ETs are my thing. I mean, those are my peeps. I love doing that. Right. Again, it's, it's personal. It's a personal journey. Where do you want to go? But, but what everybody I think needs to really recognize is that all of this is actually something that is part of our innate ability. It's right. just a matter of deciding that you want to start walking and taking the steps on that journey. You know, and I do right. think that when it's your guide or your ET guide or your spiritual guide, uh, at least I always know that it's them. And when I say them, like Sandy, you said there's different ones. I feel like I've had the same one with me for a long time, but other ones have come and gone. And I always know it's them. I don't know how I know. I guess it's the banter. It's the, I know by the banter, actually, that, that it's them. Always. It's like a signature. Yeah, it's like the banter, like like how, yeah, well, like they hide your key, Sandy, or they, like, like that. Like, I, it's, yes, it's, I know their banter. I know their spiritual imprint where when it's somebody else's loved one, I guess, because I don't recognize them and they're just kind of chirping. And when I say chirping in my ear, I don't, I, I see them in my mind sometimes, like, like, like a movie or, and, and it just, those thoughts just come into my head and I know that they're not mine but then sometimes it's, it's hard for me to like because then my mind starts racing and i'm like all right well now i'm just thinking too much you have to clear your mind let them you know what i mean like and then sometimes i'll be afraid to say the whole thing so i'll like put it in my own version and the person will say something i'll be like well that's actually exactly what they said but that didn't make sense to me so i put it into my own words and which is also the the lack of self-confidence which I think that you both confirm that, that a lot of it is that you have to have confidence. Or Sandy, what did you say? You had your three, your three, believe something, then you teach your students? Uh, receive, believe, deliver. I like that. No steps in between. Yeah. It, it, you err on the side of caution of not questioning what you receive. Because kind of like, you know, when you take a multiple choice test, they always tell you, you know, you're probably going to be right with your first guess. So if you really believe what you received is, is an actuality, most of the time that's actually a truth. And, you know, when you start to question it, as soon as you question, you, 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 you um, cut off the connection. Yeah. It changes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what you're saying about the guides? It, they're like family. They're, they are. They're, oh, yeah. They are our family. So uh, that's how it's no different than knowing who your sister is and your energy of your sister, even if you're not my best seeing friends. her in front of you. Yeah. You know, energy. Yeah. Do these guides help other mortals or is it just... Who, who are you calling mortal? What <laughs> <laughs> the heck? Yeah. <laughs> other beings. Are, are, they, are they specifically I, I, I don't know, assigned, perhaps? Because they're doing their own work. Guide, I would assume now. And it's sort of a personal this is their homework as you would if you would that they have to do in order to ascend is, is that how that works well I, I think as a soul is they they agree to sort of guide us and be with us and move forward in life with us and it could be just an agreement that we both had or it could be you know we would contract it, it yeah. contracts Before exactly, even contract board, agreements right. so I, I know, and Robert, actually, uh, one of um, my guides is, um, I know, works with many other beings. Um, Kutume, who happens to be an extraterrestrial guide, but 
I, I know because, um, and, and not like it's, um, I'm trying to think of how to explain it. I don't know the work, the, the individual work that, that he is doing with others, but I do know he is working with others because he will sometimes reference that for me and ask if, if I can also assist on certain levels. So um, for me, I can answer that question that way. Yeah, because they work together too. Yeah. On our behalf and other people's behalf. And I guess we're all just one big, happy, universal family. One <laughs> love, yeah. So when you, and, and I, I hope this isn't an indelicate question, but when you ladies uh, shuffle off the mortal coil, as it Who were. Who are you calling a lady? No, just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Go on. <laughs> I agree. Um, Go would on. You, it, it would only, I would only assume that because of your heightened sense of enlightenment here as, as living beings, that you would be a guide to does that happen that way? Not necessarily. I mean, it depends kind of where you're going home. So I guess you could choose to be a guide or a guide to someone else. Um, but I, I think more, you know, that, that depends up to your, 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 your karmic agreements, your life, your evolution, your your family back on the other side, your soul, soul groups, we come in in groups too. Um, so if my rest of my group are hanging out on the other side, I guess guiding someone, I'd be like, oh, well, okay, well, let's do that for a little bit. I might just do that. But uh, it, it's a great question there, Robert. <laughs> I, I just want to know if you'd be helping me, that's all. If you need, I guess we'll <laughs> just call us up. You just gotta ask. You just gotta ask. They're, they're like, go help that skeptic. Go help that. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we should uh, close it out with um, it's um, a little bit of advice, and also uh, let's include in that advice uh, for parents that because I think that it's so important. Like you said, Angelique, your mother, I guess was like my mother, um, was very supportive. When I first started seeing ghosts, she started taking me to metaphysics classes and when I was like 12 years old, 11 years old. Um, and so it's, it's very important for children, especially we know that these kids today are um, star seeds of a special kind. Um, what advice would you have for kids and or just for uh, people in general? And Robert, for you too, as a skeptic, I think you should hop in on that one. Open skeptic, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, open skeptic. I'm going to call you an OS. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's plenty of, for, for kids, they're, um, you're right, for a parent to encourage and to understand that there are many places that they can have their children be assisted to take classes. You know, now there's 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 Zoom, things are not even in person anymore, kind of like what we're doing. Um, but there's plenty of places, you know, I, I work with children. There's many, many people that do that. But to encourage that and to not tell a child, don't do that is very, very important, absolutely. Because there's a caveat you know, it's there. A gift. It's a gift, like like someone who can play an instrument or who a child that's gifted artistically. It's the right. same thing. It's a gift, and it needs to be developed. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to be accepted, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the caveat um, is because if you don't, they could go and start to do it on their own and or a negative entity or spirit 
will have more access to them because they don't know how to protect themselves. Now you just threw them out into the woods, into the wild, because it's not going to necessarily go away just because you're like, oh, that's it. For some, it will. But then they're going to have that lost soul their whole, their whole life. Something's missing their whole life. But also, are you throwing them out to the wolves then if you don't teach them how to protect themselves or give them some kind of outlet to, 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 and that just came to me now that I think that's super important, that even if maybe as a parent that you don't believe it as much, for your kids' benefit, because otherwise more negative entities will get a hold of them if they can. That's a really good point, and you're, you're absolutely right. It's a really good point. Um, well taken. And, and for adults, I mean, you know, there are, there are classes everywhere. Yeah. There, there are so many ways to develop in this gift. And, and, you know, I know, you know, Angelique teaches, I teach. I mean, there, but there's so many people out there. You just, and you have to follow, I mean, like anything else, there's good and bad. Um, there's duality and everything, and you have to really follow your instinct and, and know, do, do I feel like this fits? Is, is, does this feel right for me? What do I think about this particular title of this class or this person, et cetera, et cetera? We also have a lot of, you know, a lot of these babies are coming into people that were probably born very open, have closed down due to, you know, growing up certain circumstances, and then these children are coming in, helping their parents to open back up. Mm. And so, you know, in that case, it was like, just, you know, don't, don't mock them, listen to them, you know, see what they have to say, play the game. Maybe they, maybe they really are our teachers and we can really learn from them. And in time, things will, will be made clearer for the parents and they'll start seeing, you know, as, as they progress, or oh, this happened or that happened, or I'll pay attention and then because it's all energy, so we all start vibing off one another. So if the child comes in very, like handicapped children, are super open. I mean, they are incredibly open. And a lot of what they experience is because everything is, they see and feel everything. And, and we look at them in a way saying, well, their body doesn't support them. They're trapped in their body. It, you know, whether it's, you know, a certain cerebral palsy or one of those. But if you engage on a telepathic way with them, it's amazing, it's incredible, these little children. So it comes in many forms and I think like anything else, we've just got to be loving and accepting and be willing to, you know, push our own limits and, and sort of, and then grow through our kids rather than look at it that, you know, we're the teacher and they're the student, it can be the other way around. I agree with that. Robert, any last? No, it's been fascinating, and, and I'd love to, to revisit this subject at a, at a future date as well and really delve into it. Um, I mean, this is what religions from the beginning of, of, of civilization basically have been looking for is, is there life after death and what is the proof of it? And, and you know, and, and here we are sometimes given answers with you know, three everyday, excuse me, mortal ladies. Um, <laughs> three, three everyday people from, you know, living in the New York area right now. And you can provide answers that, that people have been looking for and yet they don't see it that way. You know, it's a, long, it's a long way of saying that this is fascinating and this is still something that, you know, we need to explore further. Or at least I need to explore further while I, I have you. I concur. Um, yeah. All right. Well, this was fantastic. And um, yes, we will definitely yeah, explore everyone. further. That was awesome. 
Okay. All right. Thank you, everybody. Catch us Thank next you. time. You can hear us on any of the podcasts, at any ones you listen to or on YouTube. And uh, peace out. Good night. Bye.